0: Everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Kelly Aguirreto. I head up marketing and events here at Great Data Mines. Um, GDM, if you don't know us already, we are a collective of passionate data activists, and we're on a mission to modernize the world of data. So we do this in two different ways. The first is that we have our services arm. This is at GDM Innovation Labs. This is where we do our strategic planning, our education and the deployment of critical data projects. And then we also have um, GDM.com, Great Data Minds, where we're creating content, we're hosting great events, we're running our podcast, and we're interviewing transformational thought leaders looking at cool technologies, um, just like what we're gonna do today. So a little bit of housekeeping before we officially get started. This is a webinar, and I know you all know what that means. Your cameras and microphones are off, but we do welcome and encourage conversation. You can do this either in the chat or in the Q&A, which has been um, turned on as well. So uh, if you have something to say, please do share it, and we'll make sure that we get to all questions in some space that we reserve for a more formal Q&A at the end of the session. Um, and so today without further ado, we are going to hit our next episode in our thought leadership series. This is where we interview big thinkers on topics that are relevant to the world of data and analytics. So I am very excited to introduce today's special guest. We have Lee Feinberg with us on the line. Uh, so for the last, we are happy to have you, Lee, this is, Mm -hmm. this is good. I have to tell you, we've, we're, we're seeing a lot of registrations coming in. So you're doing something right, sir. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about it today. So a little bit more about Lee for the last fifteen years, Lee has been helping people and businesses change the way that they present and consume data. He's the author of the internationally recognized ebook called Write Your Charts into Data Stories. We're going to share a link with you um, so that you can download this ebook uh, for yourselves. We'll get that going during the during our session today. Um, he's also run analytics teams and helped data megaliths like Verizon and Ford Motor Company improve how they look at Data. He is a data literacy expert through and through, and we are sure going to learn from him today. Thank you so much for being here, Lee. Yeah, happy
1: to be here, and looking forward to a good conversation.
0: Yep, we're going to get it done. Of course, the other uh, the other expert we have on the line today is our own Mike Lampa. He is our chief analytics officer here at Great Data Minds and GDM Innovation Labs. He has got a ton of strategic and practical data and analytics experience both as an enterprise user and as a consultant and he's been working with some of the world's most prestigious brands Uh, so this guy is not only the one that does our interviews but he also keeps the projects running smoothly and i don't know where we'd be without him mike Um, thank you for being here as always
2: well thank you kayla you're always so kind to me Uh, i gotta send you another box of chocolates that's it, or you could just
0: play your guitar, play your guitar for me one day. That
2: would be just as good. No, that's just holding up the wall over there. <laughs> hey, Lee, how are you today, sir? Hey, Mike, I'm doing well. Good. Got sunshine. So, yeah, we do it too. Um, unfortunately, not like some of our brethren down in Florida right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So, really thrilled to have you here, my friend. Um, and I'm really excited to, uh, dig in and uh, allow you to share with the audience uh, some of the cool thoughts and approaches that you take. So without further ado, let's get into it. So yeah. why are we here? What's the problem or the opportunity that we're trying to address, Lee? Yeah, the, the thing that I ran into,
1: and I've, I struggled through this, and this is one of those classic cases of you have a personal problem, and then it turns into something else. In this case, turned into turned into a, a business. And so, I've been a data practitioner and person who was responsible for figuring out how to get the data in a way to people that they could understand it. And I noticed that the teams I was running and the other people I worked with, it was kind of chaotic. And uh, in the early days, of course, you had. PowerPoint and Excel, and then you started having more sophisticated tools proliferate. And somehow it didn't make the problem better, almost seemed to make it worse. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a head scratcher, right? Well, these software is always supposed to make it better. That's the pitch, but why isn't it? And I realized that it was because while people knew how to use the software, everybody just used it in a different way. There was no consistency in how teams Mm -hmm. were using it so that's where it started to become chaotic and i realized we need a way to work to do the work Mm -hmm. in in a consistent way because that's the only way number one that a team can be organized but also even a company can can scale up these kinds of of work and and that's become extremely relevant today more so than ever right because as you said, people talking about data literacy, data storytelling, these new concepts, uh, we have to get the fundamentals in line before we can do these kind of higher order things. So mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of the problem I saw is, you know, h- how do we corral this down and create some kind of framework or model or process, whatever you want to call it, so that people could learn it and then execute and do it and make it part of how they just did their work.
2: Mm-hmm. So consistency is definitely the key uh, theme I heard there. Um, um, And I I think I'm picking out uh, a hint there that software is not the problem. You know, because we got some incredibly uh, uh, more sophisticated BI platforms today, right? Um, Yet, when I see research come out from the likes of Gartner where they say, Maybe twenty-one percent of all dashboards deployed ever get used. I mean, yeah. that's that's abysmal, right? Yeah. So, so a lot of wasted work, right? So, what's the approach? How do we how do we start to solve the problem? Yeah, so I'll I'll give you
1: a, an analogy about kind of how I started to think about this, and and so if you if you think about the way people talk about data one of the popular things i guess it's not as popular these days you don't hear it as much but everybody say data is strategic mm-hmm. that was right and of course that makes sense but when you think about a company and how it executes its strategy you have groups like finance and marketing sales human resources right software development and those are all strategic to the company. And the thing that they have in common is that they all typically have some kind of structure about how they do their work, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I started to model this against. Like, well, okay, if finance has income statements and balance sheets and marketing has you know, a variety of things, it has the, the four Ps, which we all learn, and software has software development life cycle and so on, right? But we have nothing on our side for people who are, either data practitioners or people who are going to be storytellers, things like that. Mm -hmm. So that was the first kind of recognition that we need to have something parallel. And only, I think, by the fact that I have a variety of backgrounds. I was an engineer by schooling and really became more of a marketer and a product manager uh, in my, my working career and then ended up working in data analytics as an offshoot of that. And it occurred to me that we do, when we were doing our work, we would, if, if you and I were having a conversation and you were asking me to create some set of, I, I'll use the term dashboard, but I really don't like the term, but let's right. say dashboard. Uh, and I would say, what do you want? Right. And you would tell me some things and I would think of you as my customer. Right. But the problem is if I treat, I wasn't really treating you as a customer because Uh, I was just creating something without really understanding what you wanted Hmm. necessarily. You might tell me what you want, but it might be not really what what you were trying to achieve with it. And so I said, well, what if it kind of occurred to me, what if we think about the work as creating a product? So not creating a dashboard. I mean, that's the thing. But what if it, of all of it, was a product process? And that changed my thinking completely. I said, well, okay, now I can model the work against that idea and use different pieces of how people do that work in other ways and kind of take the best of all that and figure out how to apply it Mm -hmm. uh, to that. And that was kind of the foundation of this idea I call design to act now. It's grown over the years, but it's kind of have that grounding in you're creating a product, not building charts and not making the charts and the dashboards. That's just kind of the work of it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to almost change the way people perceive what they're doing as well, not just give them a process, but give them an idea to kind of shift them out of this activity mode. I'm making charts, I'm making dashboards, I'm publishing them to the web, whatever. Mm-hmm. So That's the core of it.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I, I love the whole analytic product mindset because right? um, that implies there's a whole life cycle around that product, right? And it's designed to address a need, a true need. Yeah, interesting. So, talk to me a little bit about this design to act.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. And so, I certainly didn't come up with that name early on. It was kind of evolved over time. But Mm -hmm. the, the, I, you know, I had the idea and then it was really, okay, well, what are the pieces of that? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I could actually just throw up a little slide here. Just to illustrate it a little bit. Uh, let's see. Here, desktop two. Let's see if we can get this thing up here. I'm not going to run through all the details of this, mm-hmm. but it's really the the high the the high the three top elements that I think are really important. So as I mentioned before, a lot of times people get the software right? And you can teach people how to use the software. And I'll give you another analogy. So imagine I give you Microsoft Word, and I teach you everything about Microsoft Word. You are the world's expert in Microsoft Word. And I teach you no English. Mm -hmm. You are not, okay. That's kind of what we do now. And so people get the software, they might be formally trained in the software. A lot of times they don't even get formal training. They have to figure it out on their own or you know, the software is somewhat easy to use so they can do some of the basics. But they're never taught the, the language of, in this mm. case, visualization, right? Uh, there's rules to it. There's ways to think about it. Uh, and it's not just best practices. There's really a kind of an underlying idea of it as a language. And so, again it's not the fault of the people doing the work necessarily that they're creating a work product that's not as good as it could be it's because it's just this idea that the software is going to do everything and that's enough so you need this foundation mm-hmm. for people to to work from just like we get a foundation when we're learning a language so that's kind of the first piece you have to put into place and then you move on to the idea of what is it that you actually are going to create so as we had that little back and forth before where I said you know you asked me what I you told me what you wanted, but then I built something and it really wasn't meeting your needs. And so it's it's breaking down that that approach into something that's more customer oriented to really understand what your needs are. And, and it's not necessarily asking you in a way that says, what do you want, right? You have to really get to the point. And this is one of the big turning uh, points uh, in the thinking here is that the data is not that important. So the data has always been the star of everything, and we use it in all our terms, right? Data engineering, data literacy, data storytelling, data visualization. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while data is used in it, it's become too much, in my opinion, of the focus when really the goal is making decisions and taking actions, helping people do that. And so that's what we have to figure out. What is it that you're really trying to accomplish with this? It's like almost think of it, if you were to go on Amazon and do a search, what would you be searching for? that's what I wanna know. That's really what you need. And we have to get to the heart of that. The the challenge is teaching people how to do that, right? It's not something Mm -hmm. you necessarily know how to do. So we have to get you, not only teach you how to do it, but get you comfortable doing it in a way that you don't fall back in the way that you're used to doing it, which is kind of what we've already described. And -hmm. so there's a lot of personal and cultural challenges that go along with this, almost to the level I call courage, right? You have to have the courage not only to 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 think that to do it, to think about doing it, but to actually do it when you're faced with the situation. You have to change how you've interacted with these people before. Mm-hmm. And then once you know that, there's ways to to go about creating your product. And the goal is to help you create a product that somebody wants, do it with less effort, and do it actually in less time. And that's kind of what we've we've kind of uh, cracked here because uh, mm-hmm. people get scared when they hear oh i have to do a process it's going to take me a long time it's going to take me more time right and so that in thinking of how to do it that was a key aspect of of creating this approach so let me just stop there and see if you want before we get to the third part because the third part's kind of uh really different
2: yeah so, so I, I love this concept of Really starting to understand what do you want to do, what's the decision you want to make, and what's the kind of action that you'll want to take once your your decision's informed, right? And how many yeah. times have I seen dashboards uh, get rolled out? I mean, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dashboards. And I look at it and I say, "That's really pretty. What's it telling me?" Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, and that yeah. is an art form. I've, I've, I've come across a few people in my time um, uh, that had that mindset when they would go in and interact with, with the analytic stakeholder, if you will, to really understand what are you going to do with it? And, and early on when, when we would get the order, hey, I need sales data. Okay, why? You know, of course, I found out that asking why was not the way to go because it was like, hey, That's it's right. my data. <laughs> Who are you right. to tell just me that I can <laughs> Yeah, just go get me my data, you know? Um, and then, yeah, it just falls flat. Ergo, the 21% adapt- adoption rate out there. Interesting. Yeah so, yeah, so So the ready for market is really flushing out, what's the end goal? What's, what's the news headline? What's the actionable insight that I can take? And great, great. All right. Yeah.
1: And actually you, you mentioned an interesting point because you said headline and mm-hmm. that's that's a piece that we really focus on. So if you think about, again, this idea of a story, mm-hmm. right? and And so I mentioned before, I don't like saying dashboards and reports because to me that's about data. So I said, well, okay, then what are they? So I kind of came up with this term analytic stories because it's supposed to tell you a story, but also help supposed to help you do the analysis to kind of drive that, that thinking and so every story should have a headline right mm-hmm. and the headline has to to, to be held, held up with everything on the page right if you because you read the headline and then everything else on the on the page should support that and mm-hmm. a lot of times our headlines on on dashboards are things like sales performance but with respect to what so somebody reading that depending who you are, you might immediately get your own picture of what you think you're going to see, right? So you're kind of tuned into something that you're expecting and then everything else is not that. And so it's very, it could be very confusing to you.
0: Mm-hmm. So we really
1: teach people to write headlines. Uh, and we like to, we like to get them to write them in forms of questions rather mm-hmm. than statements, because a question activates your thinking as humans, we're geared towards that. It's like you hear, you see a question and you want to answer it. And so Mm -hmm. that puts you in the perfect frame of mind for something that's analytical. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's a key thing. And we call this intent before content. So if I know what the intent is, then I should be able to develop what the content is that follows from that. And so it's kind of this principle that we use it's also a test right so if you're going to put something on the page you always look back and say well does it connect to what I said it was going to am I fulfilling mm-hmm. that promise of what people are expecting and and it becomes a very important part of how we do our thinking
2: okay so the intent is the part that you were talking about before that's the that's the star right and the, exactly. the, the content and the content is the enabling data product. Um, to enable that analytic product to tell that story.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because until you know, if you think about it this way, most people do the work today. It's like connect connect to the data, make a chart, put a title on the chart. And the chart usually has a pretty basic title too, right? Mm -hmm. Sales trends. You make a bunch of, and then you make a bunch of charts like that you put them on a dashboard and then you put a title on the dashboard. Our method is exactly opposite of that. So until you know what you want to communicate, how could you possibly know, number one, what data you need and also what it should look like, mm-hmm. right? So here it's like you you do it kind of backward. It's done basically backwards today. So that's another big part of the problem is uh, just that approach. So we've kind of mm-hmm. broken, switched it up. So it's you know it's not semantics. It really is changing the way you
2: have to think about the doing the work. Okay. I got it. Um, so better focus on the intent or the outcome that we're trying to achieve. Um, weave in the content, um, and then is there what's what about authoring? Is there yeah. that final step?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There is actually. We get we that comes at the end of that ready for market stage is when you can actually, the last, last thing you can do is actually go into the software and and write. So I look at something like Tableau, Power BI, even Power, whatever the software is. To me, that's Microsoft Word. That's my writing mm. tool. So I mm. have to, once I figure out what I want to write, then I can go in and it should be pretty easy. And mm. at that point, I will have fleshed out and have agreement through that step of what I am going to create and there's things we do in there to try to solidify that so that by the time you get to the writing part you can go in and as long as you know the the, the application pretty well you should be able to do it pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, so you're saving you know so you're really just using it for writing it's not where you go in and just start experimenting with boy I hope this works right mm-hmm. that which is kind of what we're thinking oh I hope this is what they want. I hope they understand it when I show it to them. There's a lot of hope mm-hmm. versus knowing, right? I want to know that it's going to resonate with you. Again, it's like a product, right? You don't just build a product and hope that when you put it out there, people want it, right? There's research, there's conversations, there's discussions about trying
2: to put build something that somebody wants. Mm. And some, yeah, something they need, right? Yeah. Something they can't live without. All yeah. right. So I go through this this these steps for the ready to market. I'm done. Push it out. I'm gone.
1: Absolutely. That's it. You stop right there and you just go right on to the next the next one. Yeah, right.
2: And no and you no. Contrib- <laughs> contributed to the 79% of unadapted. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There was a third icon on your on your picture around going to market. So can you help me understand that part? Yeah. And, and so help the if- audience.
1: Yeah, I think that this might have been the, the biggest breakthrough in thinking of taking this kind of product mindset to the approach. When you think about any product today, right, that's created, a company builds something, let's just say it's a, you know, Kellogg comes up with a new cereal. They don't just make it and, and that's it. And then, you know, send it to supermarkets. Right? They do all kinds of things. They they usually market what it is. They have to set up some kind of training and support, uh, maybe some educational aspects of it, right? Uh, and then they want to know are people buying it? Who's buying it, right? And mm-hmm. then ultimately they want to know to like do people like it, you know? And 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 all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't do that. Like you said, we just pump this stuff out. And then it gets sent up, you know, through emails or it goes up to a web browser or something like that. And then when you ask somebody, "Well, how's it working? How's it doing?" and usually the response is something, "Well, we got if there if it's even being used, right? Oh, we had two thousand views of our dashboard."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I and I might say, "So," and they think, "What do you mean, so? That's a lot." i like. That's like saying 2,000 people came to your website, but you don't know what they did. Mm. And that's what we do. So we just throw this stuff out and, and kind of on a wing and a prayer, hope that people use it. And, and then we have no clue that they're what they're even doing with it. So this go-to-market says, well, let's do what usually happens when someone launches a product we might have to do some marketing we may have to do some education about it right we might we want to definitely know how people are using it who's using it when are they using it right so mm-hmm. that's that stuff we can measure today and then ultimately we want to know does it act did it actually serve its purpose and so that sounds something like i come back to you and say mike i see you've been using this every tuesday and thursday at 927 a.m. I'm curious, you know, why that time? Uh, what have you learned from this? Have you made any decisions, taking any action? What happened from that? Mm-hmm. Did it did it turn out the way you expected? Was it better? Was it worse? Right. I need to, and and that last part only comes through talking to you. Right? Not it's not something I can measure necessarily. I really need to find out what did you do with it? Mm-hmm. Right. Or did you do you come in every week and you're like, yeah, I look at it, but it's not really helpful. So just measuring, that's like the page use thing, right? Mm-hmm. You came in and looked at it, that's not a measure of a success. That's just a measure of activity that I should understand why you're doing it. So that's really the go-to-market piece that's done very little of today. Maybe, again, mm-hmm. that middle piece where they look at some stats on it but without really understanding
2: what it really means to, to the usage. Yeah, what's the story the stats are telling you, right? Because yeah. all the BI tools, well, I shouldn't say all, but I would suspect just about every BI tool has a vehicle for us to go and look and see who's using what, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but that doesn't measure value. It exactly. measures activity, maybe. So. Is there additional telemetry that we can build in outside of talking um, with with the end consumer, the analytics stakeholder?
1: Well, yeah, I do think that, like you said, a lot of the applications have some level of measurement today, mm-hmm. uh, and you certainly need to take advantage of of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think again. Most of it probably is at a highest level, something like just measuring the basics, not looking at it all the way down to the user level. You know, possibly, uh, certainly mm-hmm. knowing who your key users are uh, and and following what their behavior is, mm-hmm. and then you know, again, it's treating it like a product. You know, you could have customer segmentation. You can have you can have the occasional user. You can have the high volume user. You can have the the high-frequency user, right? There's all kinds of things that you need to understand, not just X views.
2: Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, and analytic products in and of themselves aren't gonna move the needle. They don't move the needle. They don't generate more sales or generate higher take rates, right? Um, but if that's the intent that this is why I need this analytic product because this is the needle I want to move, we can at least do some corollary analysis. right? So yeah, since absolutely. we've been using this product, we are seeing that we're moving the needle in the direction intended. Yeah. yeah. So during the intent, to, do, do you flush out what that needle is we want to move and tr- try to get people to put a stake in the ground up by how much you want to move the needle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a that's a common problem today, regardless of this work, right? You mm-hmm. People just measure a number. And then when you ask them, well, is that good or bad? They're like, eh, they're like, we don't, we don't have a, we don't have a target for that. It's like, well, yeah. if you don't have a target for it, how, why, why are you measuring it? How is that going to help you figure out if you need to care? Mm-hmm. And most people even, and, and this is something I think is is pretty simple, people can can fix. Even if you don't have a formal target, I always work with my clients that you've been in the business long enough, so you have a general sense of what goes on here. Put mm-hmm. a put a number down. Let's come up with something that's reasonable. Maybe you have to list your assumptions. And it might not be right, but it's a starting point. For you to see. and if someone mm-hmm. asks where the number comes from because they don't agree, then you can say what your assumptions are and then you can review the assumptions together and and adjust it. But if you go with nothing, then you really can't figure out if something is actionable or not mm-hmm. right? Nope, nobody can because there's there's no gauges if it's where you expect it to be or not. And I think that's again, I think that's something everybody could do today because they do know. It just may not it just may not be. A formal part of that they've documented.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, w- what's intriguing though is you know most companies do some kind of annual planning, right? Um, and the, those annual plans have targets, right? mm-hmm. and those targets should be getting decomposed down into different functional areas. What's marketing going to do to lift the mm-hmm. move the needle? What sales going to do? What's customer service going to do to move the needle for you know better NPS scores or whatnot, right? And get Absolutely. those targets. Why can't we embed those targets into the story? Right. The mystery. Yeah. Just so that the headline doesn't say "Here's the sales performance," but maybe "Here's achievement to target," or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you said earlier the goal is to spend the least amount of time as possible in the software. What's, what's the result of doing that? I mean, if I'm not spending a lot of time in the software, how am I producing better product in a shorter amount of time?
1: Yeah, so, well, here, here's part of the, the problem in general is when you start with the software, one, you're not really sure where you're going. Hmm. Uh, that That's part of it. But also you, can, you get very tangled up in the software very quickly with stuff that doesn't matter. You're worried about, how it looks, you're worried about all these little, you know, design issues, the fonts, the color, right? All, all these things that are more on the the, the higher level layer of what you're presenting I mean, they're important. But in the beginning, all that's important is figuring out, can I create something that gets the message across? Mm-hmm. That's what you need to know. And so we actually, before you get into the software, we, we have a process we call storyboarding, which isn't anything we made up. Uh, But if you think about uh, something that's really expensive, like making a movie, right? If you're Steven Spielberg and someone hands you a script, you don't start shooting the movie right away, Mm -hmm. right? You go through this process called storyboarding. Because if you shot the movie just from the script, it probably wouldn't come out really very well so they lay out the frames they, they have artists who do sketches and they lay out the what they think the story should be like and then they rearrange them and right figure once they know that then they go and they shoot the movie of course shooting a movie can still take a long time but it's this idea that they want to get it as close to what they envision before they start doing the expensive part and so that's it's the same here is before we go in and spend all the time in the software which is the expensive part can be the expensive part of it we wanna prepare. So we steal all these ideas from the movie making process and apply Mm -hmm. them into this this approach. That way, by the time you get to the software, you're pretty pretty sure what you're gonna build. And so, especially, and now if you're really good at writing in the software, you're just gonna breeze through this because you're like, I already know, I've already got agreement from my audience what this should achieve. We've, we've discussed it. I've shown them some ideas already uh, for that. Now, mm-hmm. you might say, oh, but I could prototype it and show you that in the software, right? And I could do that really fastly. That's not a problem because I'm good at the software. The, the thing that happens, though, if I do that and show it to you, the first thing you think of is, wow, he's almost done. He did it. Mm-hmm. And so, you, which is not the case. Even if I tell you that, Hey this is just you know a starting point you're already thinking yeah it looks pretty good this is good enough yeah and right uh, and so you don't know, that's not the dynamic you want to create and mm-hmm. so when you show someone a storyboard which is really going to be a rough sketch we don't need artists to do this for us like in the movie making approach we're just doing something rough by hand you could even do it in powerpoint if you wanted to not you know if you wanted to look a little nicer, mm-hmm. but the idea is to go really fast. And I show it to you, and you're like, "I have no idea what that is." Okay, next page, right? I I can I can go and do another one, and maybe I even do it right in front of you because you give me some feedback, and I say, "Well, is this closer to what you're thinking of, about?" Right? So it's it's not saying what you want necessarily. Like when you say, "Oh, I need a pie chart." that that's not what we're talking about here. I'm trying to show you something and see if you understand, if it reflects back what you said to me, you're trying to understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that way, and, and when I show it to you as a sketch, you're like, you already obviously know it's not the finished product. So you're gonna be more willing to comment on it and not think that it's like almost locked and loaded and ready to go. So I also wanna create that dynamic between us so that I can get the feedback I want, and 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 you really give it the thinking, and and a lot, of, and this is another important fact. A lot of times the data is not ready. Oh, yeah. A lot of times, and right, <laughs> and so how many times have you heard? Well, we can't start the making the dashboard because the data is not ready.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well that that's a that's bad, right? So I have to sit here and wait for that. Uh, in this case, I can. I don't need the data to sketch something out, right? I can just sketch it to, to approximate what it might look like and show it to you again to get the idea across. It actually may even feedback ideas to people who are working on getting the data together. We might discover something in that phase that is important about how the data needs to be represented that would be better done back, say, in the database versus people manipulating it in the say the soft the, the visualization software mm-hmm. so there's a lot of dynamics there uh, yeah. and reasons for not going into the software
2: mm. i heard a, a real clear message there i think that be wary of form over function you know absolutely Work, working on the design elements you know and the function is not being addressed interesting very interesting yes That's a good tip we do have a question then. um um I'm going to ask and see if you can respond to it. Um, could you ask Lee to show us some visual examples of a good of a good story?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I don't have one pulled up, uh, so maybe at the end, if we have some time, I can go and dig through my files and and, yeah, and yeah. pull one up. Yeah, the the actually let me uh, it actually brings up another point. Mm-hmm. The other thing about. The intent before content and staying out of the software. Mm -hmm. So, when you go in and use the software, at that moment, you're only able to use it with what you know at that moment. Okay. So, follow Mm -hmm. me through. This might sound a little bit, a little bit odd. So, when you are sketching out an idea, right? And if you go back to this intent before content, and I say, what is the best way for me to show this idea? I might draw something out. And then I at some point I might say, Oh, how do I actually do that in the software? And so there's all this this kind of this innovation component to it, where a lot of times you create something that it would not be obvious if you just say chose from the chart picker or mm. you knew you or you made the charts that you knew how to make. Because a lot of times in the software. You can combine ideas and create new things that you would have missed if you didn't think about really the best way. And maybe you can't do it 100% exactly how you want, but let's say you got 90% of what you were thinking of. That would be a huge improvement over if you just chose or you just did what you only knew how to do again at that moment. Mm. So you're really missing an opportunity, again, by just going into the software.
2: All right, missing that innovation element. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So we uh we mentioned your ebook there. Um, um and it sounds like you've got a a pretty robust set of techniques. Is is there a way for people to learn about this?
1: Well, so the ebook is, and I don't want to oversell what the ebook is, it's a it's a simple. It's a, it's a, it's a very practical and short ebook to uh, basically help you. I mentioned this idea before about writing questions. And so it's a kind of a starter kit to help Mm -hmm. you think about, Oh, here's some common things I might do in my work and how I might do them today, how I might say them as more statements and how I would rephrase them as questions. Mm -hmm. So it's to get you in that mindset of, of changing your thinking over and, and that, that simple idea can start to transform even your basic dashboards today. So you could just take that and say, I'm going to tackle my dashboard as is today. I'm going to just try to change the titles. And when you do that, you might say, oh, well, if that's the title I want, I'm looking at the chart and now there's a mismatch or it might match. Mm -hmm. But then, so that's going to get your thinking going to that next stage, right? Of Mm -hmm. Okay, now I need to change it. So it starts you on that path without saying, oh, I have to go and relearn everything I've ever done, right? Because to me, that's not practical. I always want to give people something that they can start start that change without feeling overwhelmed, right? So mm-hmm. you have to do it. And, and this whole, right, everything I talked about is not only changing how you do your work, but we talked about some of the interpersonal issues too that have to be overcome, Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. cultural issues too right like you said just get me just get me the data well if you say that to me and I'm I'm the CEO or you're the CEO and you say that to me right and Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. I have to have a way to say no not no I'm not going to say no but I need a way to come to respond to you in a way that says no Mm-hmm. But nicely, and as a way that moves the conversation forward. So that's mm-hmm. a tough one, right? Because then you it might, is. I might be like, "Well, if that's the CEO, I have to just do what they say." Mm-hmm. You know, and if and if you're a good CEO, you probably would prefer me to do it the way that's going to be more effective versus the way that you think it should be done when you don't even know how to do my job, right? So, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily it's not really easy to do that. No, um, no, just because of those hierarchies that people get get stuck in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of just broader conversations, you know, of course, on my website, I lay some of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I, I even just love to talk to folks about this. Uh, if it's something that people are running internal, say user groups at their companies, I have a few webinars even that I'm always happy to do. They don't cost anything. You know you can ask me to do them and if you know it seems like it's a good fit it's really easy for me I'm always open to do that because mm-hmm. I think people need to start it's to think about these ideas so it's kind of like planting seeds of hey and it's not for everybody either because if you're a company and you might hear what I have to say and be like that's never going to work here or we don't want to we don't want to change that much right because mine is a system for mm-hmm. the most part so if you're not if you don't think you can do it, or you're not willing to do it, it's really not going to help you either, right? Because mm-hmm. it's uh, if you only do a you know if you only do a little of it, sometimes it's not really going to move. As you said, move the needle.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it might make you a little more efficient. Your dashboards might look a little bit better, but end to end, you're not going to transform. That's really what we're talking about here. Ultimately, it's really a transformation of the way the work gets done within your Mm. team or potentially across the company because everybody's working with data today in some fashion right Right. and so in some ways everybody in a company should be using some elements of this of this change management that i'm talking about not necessarily all of it or to the same extent but but elements of it
2: yeah well and to become a gifted artist it takes practice over and over again. Try to learn from them. Interesting. Oh, we got a question here from Chris Beck. Yeah. Um, what to do when there's a change in the top management directors and then want to redo all the reporting initiatives. <sighs> huh. That's a going.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, when you say, I mean, there's some 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 big words in there, redo mm-hmm. and all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I the, the I'd want to understand what that means right if if, let's say you came to me and asked me to do that we were talking about it as a project right i'd want to understand okay you have a motivation for doing that Mm. what made you think about wanting to do it and 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 i've heard lots of different things like this right sometimes it's someone wants to bring in a new technology so they just kind of say well we have to do it because we got to port everything over Mm. That, that could be one thing or someone comes in and they, you know, I did it this way at my old company and I want to do it this way here, right? So that's just the way it is. So there's, it's really understanding first the the, the motivation behind it before just saying whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, mm-hmm. um, right? So it's, it's that, that would be the first thing I'd like to understand is why are you going to make the investment? And what do you expect? To, and when it's done, what is it that you expect to be different? Right. Mm-hmm. So not only the why, what is it that you're seeing today? And when it was all done, you know, if you could wave a magic wand today and you had all your resources that needed to do it and it was finished tomorrow, how would the world be different? What would you expect to be different? So I'd want to have a picture of that, you know, in my head mm-hmm. to get to to see. It's not necessarily yes or no at this point. It's just I wouldn't know how to even tackle the problem until someone was able to lay that out for me.
2: Yeah, and without without really getting underneath the intent again, right, because we did a software first thing, um, I could be forced into doing this lift and shift. And all I did was I moved the technical debt to a new set of software.
1: Absolutely, right. Right. Or you might redo it, but then you say, okay, if we're going to redo it, let's not just copy what we did. Right, I hear mm-hmm. stories of someone getting a new technology, and they say, "Well, all we did was copied our Excel reports."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, okay, great, and so now you made a fancy Excel spreadsheet—you know, a fancier Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. kind of thing—or or they made it look nice, and so now all they did was make a fancy interface into the the database or something mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. is that a game changer? Is that really going to move? the company and the direction it's trying to? Probably not. And I think that goes back to the first thing you said is why a lot of this just goes unused or underutilized.
0: Yeah,
2: and that's a lot of investment of, of software that's not producing the value. Uh, yeah. So, so Lee, do you have um, uh, workshops that you offer to customers or a training curriculum or how, how do people learn more about what you are sharing with us today which is really compelling?
1: Yeah, a lot of it, well, like I said, part of it comes just through these webinars that I do, which are just, mm-hmm. you know, they're not sales pitches. It's just educational. So, and they're really designed to just give people those few thought nuggets and and things that are actionable. A few things, just, just here's a couple little things you could try. Uh, and, and those are, you know, people love those because they're like, oh, I see how I could take what I'm doing today and make a little change, right? They don't expect, you know, the sun to the skies to part and the sun to shine, you know, and all the great things happen right from that. But I, I, I like to do those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, from from a, a real education standpoint, it's really usually companies who are, are bringing me in and we're working with a team and they're going through a whole, a, a whole, they can go through a workshop, which is just learning some of the stuff. But mm-hmm. but a lot of companies like to go through the whole system, which is end-to-end, right? Which is really over time, they're learning, but they're doing, right? So it's really mm-hmm. there. It's almost like going back to school, not that level, right? But you have to learn it and then they have to apply it to a little project and then launch, like we talked about. So they mm-hmm. launch it and then they have to do all those other things and go to market. Mm-hmm. And and they need help doing that, right? So it's me helping them through the end, rather than, you know, you could read it, I could write a blog about it. But just reading the blog post, it's, it's hard to execute, right, yeah. because of all the, the, the underlying components to it, and and the human elements that come in, it's like, I have to, you have to push yourself. And it's almost like being, you know, a counselor or a therapist with some of <laughs> things. you know, Cheer, a cheerleader right come on you can do it Mike you know we're, we're doing it in a safe environment you got to do it if you can't do it here where it's safe you know how are you going to do it when the when it really matters
2: yeah so, but I don't uh, want to change it's change right yeah uh, it's hard yeah.
1: yeah I mean I've been through it because I did it originally right so I know it's tough
2: mm-hmm. to,
1: and that's why I'm very empathetic to people
2: uh doing it this way mm-hmm mm-hmm very good. Um another question that came in while we were chatting. Uh, what role do you think cell service plays in increasing that adoption percentage of oh, goodness uh, of the products? Yeah. It's a
1: it's a really good question. Uh I have mixed feelings about this. I've, actually, I've been doing some some thinking about this uh recently. Mm-hmm. So I I, I I think self-service is has been a, a great marketing concept. I think it was really smart in the idea of painting a vision of, hey, you can build something and then kind of have a mass, dist- you know you can have single distribution and then lots of people accessing it. I think what that created though was this idea of, you know, I'm going to build a dashboard. And when I say dashboard, it could be a few, right? A project. And it's gonna be for you, Mike, and you, Kyle, and you, you, and you, and you, and you, right? And so you're building it for everybody. And so what happens is it ends up serving nobody very well. Mm. And when you think about, again, if you go back to this idea of a product, When you build a product, you build it for a specific set of consumers. You don't necessarily build up. I mean, some products, of course, are meant to be mass market kinds of things that, you know, they're generic enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But many products are built for specific consumers. And that's really what I another big idea change here is that you you really you can't. It's still self-service in a way. Right. I'm giving it to you. I'm teaching it, I'm teaching, but I'm teaching you how to use it, right? I'm teaching you how to even maybe do some analysis with it, right? Not expecting, oh, because I made a beautiful dashboard that followed all the best practices that I'm going to give it to you who has no real analytic skills, right? Because that's a real skill, right? You can make the most amazing dashboard, right? Mm-hmm. But but, but giving it to these people who aren't analysts by nature doesn't mean they're going to be able to use it to do an analysis. I mean that's a huge gap
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the thinking with all this. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea of self-service has actually created a lot of these problems in itself because of the nature of what how people perceive what self-service is and a lot of the the missing parts that 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 happen because
2: of that approach. Mm-hmm. So again, be, care, be wary of putting the software first, um, even if it's self-service. Great, I'm gonna enable enterprises to, to do ad hoc analysis at scale, to find new, you know, discover new things. That's great, but keep in mind, intent as part of that, um, to your earlier point, and keep in mind that um, we're, tar- we're, we're building an analytic product. Keep that product, Management mindset, top of mind. Yeah, Yeah, even if you're, it's not that the idea
1: of self-service in itself is bad, right? Letting people Mm -hmm. go, you know, if you look at it from the perspective of saying, well, I don't want to have to go to you and ask you for stuff all the time, and I can give it to you and make it available, that's great. Okay, but not just in kind of the way, but then the way people have actually executed on that is more just like taking the old way of it and just kind of porting it into without rethinking how to actually live in that environment.
2: Yeah, keep in mind the educational component, right? The analytic skills, analytic product mindset. Think about the intent and the outcome before you sleep a check. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Lee, fascinating dialogue, sir. I really appreciate you sharing your your thoughts and your your uh, thought leadership with the audience today.
1: Yeah. yeah, I hope we got a few a few uh, gears turning for folks uh-huh. just to say, okay, these are these are some interesting ideas. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes they just take a while to sink in and think like, oh yeah, I get kind of where he's going with this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, and this this is built on built upon years of experience, practitioner experience as well. So yeah. You have to have to at least appreciate that. Very good. Uh, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Beautiful.
1: Thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate it.
2: Hey, do we have any calls <laughs> to
1: action?
0: Um, well, I've already shared the link out with everybody, um, to get the ebook that we were referencing, um, on the call today. And then, uh, for us, of course, you can always reach us at greatdataminds.com. We have all of our upcoming events listed there. Um, and I just want to echo your sentiment. Thank you, Lee. This was a really great, uh, conversation about sort of broadening the view of what it is when we're putting together these dashboards and, you know, adopting from marketing, adopting from product management. I think it's, a uh, it's 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 well well uh, well heard on these ears. <laughs>
1: Excellent,
0: <laughs> appreciate. Thank it. you, Lee. Yep, and thanks everybody for joining us. Everyone, have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 So long.